We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One more record which in many people's mind is the biggest record and the most important record you ever made. That's what Friends Are For. Talk about what making that record was like. You know, Friends are very vital for me. And I think I have those that I'm looking at possibly coming aboard with this. Can we do this? And they, they said, of course. And the first person I called was Gladys Knight. And I said, I'm doing a song I need you to be on. Um, I called Stevie Wonder. It's a perfect because we were going in the studio the next day. I ran into Elton John in the supermarket. I was shopping for my house, and he was there shopping because he was going to throw a, a party for his then manager. I approached him. I just said, well, Elton, I'm recording tomorrow, and I need you to do this with me. And he, he looked at me, he says, of course, darling. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, everybody showed up. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Dion Warwick is a legendary singer who sang so many of the greatest songs that I grew up listening to from Do You Know the Way to San Jose to Walk On By to That's What Friends Are For. It was a thrill and an honor to sit and talk with her now that she's 80 years young about singing and about being a master in this game of music. For half of this conversation, which is so much fun, you can get this here. For the whole conversation, go to patreon.com slash show. That's patreon.com slash show. We get into a lot more over on the Patreon side. So definitely check that out. For right now, it's Dion Warwick on Torre Show. It's such an honor to talk to you because you are my mom's favorite singer. Oh, so she's going to die when uh, she hears this conversation. And I grew up hearing, you know, do you know the way to San Jose and walk on by and all those hits all the time? Because Dion Warwick was her girl. Um, and I want to talk about. That's a good thing. I keep saying that. Absolutely. Well, I really want to talk about music because I think that you are a legend and, you know, a master 
And I always want to hear what a master thinks about the thing that they have amassed so much knowledge on. Um, so just to start, what do you what do you love about singing? What do you love about it? Oh my. I like the way it sounds, first of all. Um and what it makes how you make makes you feel. It's um it's a very tangible kind of uh, a being. I, I think it's an absolute living being, music is. Some people say that when they get in the midst of the song and they're like leading the band and they get to that high point in the song, they sort of feel like they're flying. Like, do you, do you feel like that? No. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't know how to describe. Um, what I'm feeling at the time I'm doing a particular song. There are moments when I'm hoping I can reach that high note. <laughs> so, you know, thinking I'm soaring is not really of the essence at that moment in time sometimes. Each word has a different feeling, a different emotion, and that's evoked. Uh, and um, so... I think, which is the reason I don't sing a song the same way twice. It's according to what side of bed I got up on that day. I think more than anything else. And how I happen to be feeling at the time I sing that particular song. What do you think separates you uh, as a singer? What do you think it is that has made you, you know, so great and so special for so long? Because, you know, like if I said, you know, if you were an athlete, you could say, you know, well, you know, I can shoot really well from beyond the three-point line, or I can defend really well, or, like, what aspect of singing do you do really well that you think keeps audiences coming back? Uh, my, I guess my consistency that, that I, I'm singing songs, first of all, that people have grown to love over the years, as much as I have, and this was what is expected of me. Um, I've not um, abandoned who I am musically, which is something people have made very clear to me that, thank goodness you haven't sold out to doing other things or trying to do something that we wouldn't want you to do in any event. Nor would I have a desire to. I kind of like me and I like what I do. So it's 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 very easy for me to be consistently Dion. Um, I guess that's it. You know, I'm me at all times. What do you think makes up a great singer? What what does a great singer possess? Wow, that's a, hmm. I wish I answer. What does a great singer possess? According to, first of all, who it is or who feels that that, that person or is a great singer. Um, you know, there are singers that many think are great and I may not. So uh, what is a great singer? You well, know, the question is to you. You well, know. I think, I think it's whatever the listening ear decides it is, you know. But your I, ear, 
to your ear, what makes a great singer? Someone who has the ability to make me believe what they're singing about. Staying true to a wonderful melody. Just painting that picture that they, they've been given the responsibility to paint. Making you feel something? Absolutely. That's what music is about. Tell me, who are, who, who are some of the people who you think are the greatest? Oh, wow. There are so many. Um, all of my mentors, those who embraced me at the very onset of my career, I feel are the epitome of what it is. These are the icons of our industry. I was very, very lucky in, in that people like Lena Horne and Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughan, um, Diane Carroll, Marlena Dietrich embraced me and made me their baby, which I, I, and spoiled me rotten, which I was very grateful for. Can you tell us just some of the things that you were taught by these amazing people? You said Sarah Vaughan and Lena Horne and... Diane Carroll, what, what did they teach you? Yeah, you know, en masse, both the men and the women that mentored me and whose shoulders I happen to be standing on at this point in my life as well, um, they all said in their own way, be who you are. You can't be anyone else. And I, I took that literally and figuratively. And made a decision. In fact, first of all, I kind of like me. And it wasn't too hard to continue to be me. So that's who I am. Just me. I want to, um, I want to talk about some of your records that I love, that I grew up on, and just get your remembrances or your thoughts on just, you know, the, the, the moment, the day of recording them or, you know, what you were trying to do as a singer. Um, cause you know, do you know the way to San Jose is just a really special, beautiful record. And it's, and, and as a non-singer, it seems to me like it would be really hard because there's so many short words that you have to turn around, um, very quickly. And I wonder if there's like a breath control, that is involved in pulling that one together. What do you what do you remember about recording that? And what were you trying to do, like singing wise? <laughs> you tell you show you which is a song that I did not want to record. Why? <laughs> I just felt that it was not a song that Hal David would write. You know, after singing songs. Um, don't make me over, walk on by anyone who had a heart, reach out for me, you never get to heaven. And all of a sudden I'm singing, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I don't think so. And in fact, I accused, I accused him of not writing that song. He got very upset, of course. But because of my love for Hal David, basically, it's the real reason that I did that song. So it was not one of my favorite songs, so I cannot tell you what I was thinking of while I was singing it. Uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a beautiful song, and it's timeless. Um, uh, yes, it is that. <laughs> but you know, I I you know, 
everybody's ear is different. What appeals to them is completely different than what appeals to me. But um, that's, that's the difference, as my mother used to say, between apples and oranges. Although there's, there's both fruits, they had different fruits. There's, <laughs> there's, the way you sing it is very beautiful and light, and it evokes almost like a, a ballet dancer moving quickly. Um, and yet when you listen to it, there's a, deep sort of sadness like LA has like a lot of messed up like people who did not achieve their dreams and they're working doing nothing San Jose is much nicer <laughs> right exactly you know the enticement was was what the whole thing was truly about I think you know letting people know there's somewhere else you can go <laughs> you don't have to be stuck in LA <laughs> it's a great big freeway so walk on by yeah. Um, is is perhaps for many people your signature, one of your signature records, and it's mm -hmm. just extremely lush and sweet, and it's there's a beauty to it, even though the lyrics are heartbreaking. the The way you sing it is very beautiful. Mm -hmm. Talk about uh, what you were trying to do. Basically, um, the it's it's not a performance. It's um, I'm singing the notes that were written and the words that were written within both of those spheres. Um, you get me, whatever that is. Was it? Was it one? Did you? Did you sing it straight through? Always. Yeah, <clears throat> that was um, <laughs> the mo of Bert Backrack. Uh, who produces, he and Hal David produced everything. Um, he was never satisfied and always ended up being either the second or third take, but we took at least 20, 25 takes of every song, full out. So, <laughs> yeah, we sang it completely through. You would sing it 25 times, but he would take the second or third one. Usually so, yes. Do you know which one that like that's on the record that everyone hears? Is it do you know which take that is? Um, uh, no, because I was there during the mix. So I you know, but I do know that it's usually one of the first ones because those are usually the best ones. You know, everybody is getting acquainted with the song. And by the time we get to the seventh or eighth take, it becomes a little familiar. So, you know, it's no longer the crispness of the newness of it all. Do you want that newness to come through? Oh, absolutely. Let's see. We want the original sound of what he wrote musically and the original sound of those words that Hal David wrote to come through. I'll Never Love This Way Again is so powerful. And you take us sort of deep into this pain. Um, do you have to sort of, is it like an actor? Like you have to sort of like visualize the pain to get us to feel that pain? No, you have to understand the lyric. That basically is it. You know, it's like reading a beautiful poem. And uh, there are inflections that are given during the course of a reading. And it's the same thing with singing. I mean, that one in particular, the, the pauses 
do so much to add to the words that you sing there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's according to how you want to deliver the message. Understanding the words. It, it, that's another one. You sang it straight through. There's a lot more uh, power that is demanded from you as a singer in the in the throat and in the chest as opposed to walk on by, which is sort of, you know, like lighter on the throat. Is that something that you did like, you know, once or twice and like, okay, we can't do it anymore? No. Uh, now, are you speaking of I'll never fall in love again or I know I'll never love this way again? I, I'll never love this way again. Okay, that was not produced by Backrick and David, nor was it written by them. It was produced by Barry Manilow. It was my first set of recordings for Arista Records. And it was written by Will Jennings and Richard Kerr. And uh, the song, I mean, and I used to tease Barry when he brought the song to me to hear. I said, my puppy could sing the song. It's a massive hit. <laughs> I mean... I mean, how do you speak these words and sing these words without feeling the emotional part of it all? So, you know, it was just a matter of um, a great song with an incredible set of lyrics. How did you know it was a hit right away? It just, it spoke to me. It just spoke to me. It just said, like I said, I it's uh, it's one of those songs that anybody could have sung. It would have been a hit record. When you got Walk On By, did you know that was a hit record? No. As a matter of fact, nobody did until Murray Decay ran a contest on it in the early 60s in New York. And uh, we had the other side of the recording. We had you know, known then as A and B sides, which was considered the A side. And he ran a contest. Uh, and the old time of the day was the A side, supposedly. And Walk On By was the B side. And he ran the contest to see which side of the record people liked most. Walk On By became the side they liked most. So, <laughs> you know, you, you never know. It's going to the listening ear. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. 
And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. Police officer shot and killed a black woman in her own home. Incident after incident, year after year. Say their name. A podcast that focuses on the assault and killing of unarmed black people by police and in stand your ground states. I'm the mother, father, sister, uncle, grandmother. We were best friends. We are humanizing these headlines, figuring out who these victims really were before the hashtags. Say their name. You can listen on the ACAST app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, there's so many stories of the B side overtaking the A side, which shows how much the record company people actually know. Mm. I, I heard, I say a little prayer, maybe 10,000 times growing up. Uh, yeah. my mom loved that. Everybody loved that record. Um, is that one of the ones that you knew would be a hit? I knew it would be a very meaningful song. Um, the song was written specifically during the Vietnam war. And not necessarily dedicated, but it basically took on the connotation of letting our babies, that's what they were over there in Vietnam, know how much we cared about them and thought about them and loved them and wanted them to know we prayed for them every day and we want them to come on home as soon as possible again. So that song took on its own um, significance. It's interesting how you can make a record that has political significance without being an overtly political song. Yeah. No, nobody could be divided. Nobody is like, oh, I don't like this song because I'm for the war or against the war, you know, right. but like it does tap into people's feelings about whether you're for or against the war. You want the, the men and women to come home uh, exactly. safely. Yes. You know, I, I, I'm so thrilled that um, 
there have been many of the the kids who came home from that war. Uh, some of them very damaged, and some of them not so very damaged. One that comes immediately to mind is a young man named Colin Powell, who made it very clear to me that uh, I say a little prayer for you. Brought him through a lot of nights over there during that war. And uh, that's something that uh, you can't ignore when you feel that you're giving a part of, uh, of a feeling that motivates people to feel that, yeah, okay, I'm going to make it. And that, that means an awful lot when you get those kinds of things. I wore bracelets that were created for veterans of that, that war. And for those who are still there. And uh, that I had the opportunity to meet those bracelets up. And uh, that I became a part of their lives. And say, uh, they were of mine at that point in time. So, you know, music is a very, very strong vehicle. There's a lot of wonderful stuff. Yeah. It, it, it must be... It, it, it must fill you with some kind of spirit to know that people were in Vietnam hearing that record and it was giving them sustenance. Absolutely. You know, and to be a part of that part of their lives and and it'll be something that will be sustained. They'll never forget it. And nor will I because I've been privy to being told by those particular people how it helped them. Uh, one more record. Which, in many people's mind, is the biggest record and the most important record you ever made. That's what friends are for, um, which is so meaningful to so many people. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those records that might get played at a wedding. You know, just at the end of the night at a wedding, just to be like, <laughs> "I love you so much." You know, um, talk about making that record because it's a little bit different. It's it's a it's a group song, but you know, and and there's a lot of power in terms of you know when you get to the the high point and talk about what you know what would that making that record was like clive davis um commissioned bert backrack and his then wife carol bear sager uh to come up with a couple of songs and produce a couple of songs for the cd and i just left at home listening to songs they were playing for me to consider and that evening, I was watching TV, or better yet, at the time of day that I was watching it, <laughs> it was watching me. <laughs> and uh, it's a film called Night Shift. And the end titles, this song started playing, and it literally brought me out of a twilight sleep. And I said, wow, what a wonderful song. And I sat up and looked at the crawl to see who wrote the song. <laughs> Backrack and Bear Sega Backrack. I said, really? Really? But they played that song for me. So the next day, of course, I had to go back up. I was, and the first thing I brought up was this particular song. And I said, well, why didn't you play this song for me? And Carol, <laughs> who is, she should have been the comedian. She said, oh, well, now four people know that song. So what are you talking about? She said, yeah, Rod Stewart, who literally sang the song for the film. Uh, Bert, 
myself, and now you. And I said, well, well, let's let some other people hear that song because I want to record it. And I'd love to incorporate friends. You know, friends are very vital to me. And I said, I have those that I'm looking at possibly coming aboard with this. Can we do this? And they, they said, of course. And the first person I called was Gladys. And I was said, who? gee, listen, Gladys Knight. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I said, gee, we're going to, um, I'm doing a song that I'm going to, I need you to be on. And you know, the question was, where, when, what do you want me to do? Um, I called Stevie, Stevie Wonder, and he was in New Jersey at the time. And I told him what the project was and when would he be back in Los Angeles because we would be recording this song very soon. And he said, as a matter of fact, he was coming back that night. He said, perfect, because we were going in the studio the next day. I ran into Elton John in the supermarket. He was there shopping. What supermarket? Uh, <laughs> a Galveston supermarket in Los Angeles. Ah. And <laughs> yeah, I, I was shopping for my house and he was there shopping because he was going to throw a, a party for his then manager. And uh, I asked, approached him, I just said, well, Elton, I'm recording tomorrow and I need you to do this with me. Of <laughs> he looked at me, he says, of course, darling. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, everybody showed up and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. I mean, it, you know, there's those are three amazing people and amazing voices. Stevie, in particular, is one of my favorite singers and musicians of all time. And uh, just talk about being in the studio with him and what that's like. Oh, yeah. Well, I've known Stevie since he's, well, he says 13, I say nine. <laughs> At any rate, he was a baby. And, uh, He's always been one of my children. I adore that kid. He and he is definitely the epitome of that word genius. Um, there's something so ultra sensitive about him, and um, so meaningful. You know, he he just has something that nobody else has, and nobody else will have. Um, I absolutely adore him, and I, I know how he feels about me, which makes me feel very, very good. Uh, to be in the studio, not only with Stephen, but also with two other very dear friends, Elton and Gladys. You know, when, when you get to a point where you kind of grew up in the industry together from the very onset of careers, um, it becomes more than a friendship. It's a camaraderie that um, can never be broken. Uh, it's more almost like a family where we are there for each other. And that's what uh, I sometimes find missing with our babies of today. Uh, they, they, I don't know if um, or why the competitive spirit that I see when I'm watching them if they happen to be in a room together 
uh, what we had and have, uh, I don't feel or see. But then, you you four are at the time of making that record. You're you're all icons. You've all been doing it for decades. You all have your own way. I, I'm sure, or I would guess, that that was not one just one pass straight through because everybody does their thing in a different way. So how did you go about recording that song with four people who approach recording in different ways? No, we recorded it all at the same time. Um, we were in, in that room together as the scene on that video. Um, we each knew where and who was going to sing what. And that's what we did. You know, it was very easy. So it's like a live recording. Absolutely live. How many times did you do it? I think about four times. But basically, we did it about four times for the video camera more than anything else. But it was fun doing it over and over again anyway. We love singing together. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's a 20 or 30 minute recording and you're done. That's right. I mean, it's just amazing. can you can you see how you because you, you know we, we started talking about records you made in the early '60s. Now you're about to release a Christmas album. Um, you know it's been what, five six decades. Can you see how you have grown as a singer over that time? Oh, absolutely! Uh, every year that I mature, so it's my voice, and so does my my thought process of singing. Um, and my choices. Um, I think that's with anyone, especially in my era. Uh, the choices of songs that we decide we want. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alamine a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is Mosi secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from tenderfoot tv campside media and iheart podcasts radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. To um, sing it or be a part of, you know, there come songs, songs come along that other people have recorded that you said, wow, there's something I'd like to sing. And we end up doing it. You know, it doesn't preclude us from 
from performing it or, or doing an arrangement of it that makes it our own and uh, or recording it. You know, it's just um, the way that we think, that I think. I mean, the studio that you would go into now must look nothing like what you went into in the 60s and the 70s when you were making music. I mean, oh, like... yeah, they do. They do. It's still the same studios. You know, it's, it's, uh, we use the A studios 90% of the time, especially uh, because I record, whenever I record, I record live musicians. So nothing has changed with me. Um, you are um, the aunt of one of the greatest singers of all time, Whitney Houston. Can you tell me, can you take me back to the first time that you heard her sing and said like, oh, wow, she's serious. Like, she could be something really special. Well, first of all, I'm her cousin. Okay, excuse me. That's quite all right. Her mother is my aunt. And uh, the first time I heard Nippy sing was in church. Uh, she was a part of a choir, like all the kids that were growing up in our church. And I had no reservations that she'd be able to sing. You know, that she comes from a singing family, as I did. Right. And I truly believe when it was said that the apple doesn't fall that far from the tree. Her mother is a magnificent singer. So uh, there was never a doubt that that kid would uh, grow into what she grew into and and very, very much um, deserved the title that she was given, The Voice. I mean, from the first album, it was clear this is a person on an entirely different plane than everybody else the voice, the pipes, the ability to hold notes, everything. I mean, like just an incredible technical singer. Um, and I'm sure that didn't emerge then. I'm sure it emerged earlier. I mean, was there a moment when you're in church and you're like, whoa, Whitney. Wait, what did you call her? <laughs> Nippy. Nippy. Right, wait, 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 nickname, Nippy. You would, what did you, when you said, I mean, do you remember it? But would be like, whoa, Nippy can really hold notes. She can really sing, like, for, like, she's got a lot of power. Yeah, she sounds like a mother. <laughs> I, mean, she, I mean, that didn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I'm going to be surprised about somebody in my family that sings. <laughs> my entire family did that. <laughs> um. You know, a lot of people love you right now for what you're doing on Twitter. It's funny. It's real. It's organic. It's just who you really are. You know, why do you put the rapper in your name? We all know you're the rapper, you know, the, the weekend. And just talk about what you what you do when you pick up your phone and you write a tweet. Like, you just let the real you flow out. Uh, you know, I, I'm finding to be so much fun. I really am having a great time. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm interfacing with the youngsters. In fact, um, when I spoke to Chance, in fact, I spoke to him last night, Chance, and <laughs> he was so adorable. He's such a wonderful young man. Um, it was like, he, I can't believe I'm really talking to you. <laughs> you know, so I didn't know you knew who I was. I said, "How could John not know who you are?" 
you know, I've got teenage cousins and, and, you know, my sons, of course, know who you are. You know, he was just so, so terrific. What can I tell you? Uh, to get tweets from weekend, <laughs> like, oh, really? <laughs> I totally understand how someone who comes from the era of, you know, uh, Marvin Gaye, Gladys Knight, James Brown would say, your name is Chance the Rapper. <laughs> your name is The Weekend. That's not your name. Like, what's up with that? I, I can see how that would be, you know, curious to you. Why? Why? You know, like, I have questions. I cannot stop thinking about this. Like, why is your name Chance The Rapper? I know. Uh, you know, it's like all these uh, rappers who decide they want to call themselves whatever they want to call themselves. You know, that's the persona that they've chosen. So. But I want to know when to think of that. <laughs> Why do you think of that? For more from me and Dion, the other half of this interview, join us over at patreon.com slash show. Thank you so much to Dion Warwick for a great interview. And thanks to you for listening. And thanks to our super producers, Britt, Marcus Harkis, Noel, Sam Montes, Jason Reynolds, Gerville Calais, Michelle, Brenda Cox, Kathy F., Kina Murphy, and Earl Dorsey. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show and on Patreon at patreon.com slash Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jackie Garifano. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington. Our booker is Claudia Jean. We're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we'll be back on Friday and on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.